This is News Talk 980 CKNW. Welcome back to the Sunday Night Sex Show on News Talk 980 CKNW. Maureen McGrath hosting this program here, of course, with my sidekick, Kick Matt, always at the <laughs> as the board up, as the technical producer, the board lights up when Matt's on. Let me tell you, I want to give a shout out to <laughs> to the hospital staff at St. Joseph's Hospital in Comox, who are apparently listening on their break, perhaps, or maybe it's a quiet night over there. Uh, on this uh, the second hour of the program, the hours of fly, the hours of sex fly by when you're having so much fun with it. And you could have that too in your bedroom if you, uh, if you put the gusto into your relationship that you need to. Sex talk is important talk, and it's the women in long-term relationships that are more likely than men to lose interest in sex. So in other words, I like to say women report more boredom in the bedroom, and guys, you got to up your game. I'm going to be reviewing that study. Also going to be talking about stashing, which we forgot to talk about last. We've heard of ghosting and haunting and benching right right we right. didn't do stashing yeah right. yeah so i'll talk about that we need a third hour for this show maureen oh thanks man <laughs> hopefully the voice will last throughout and and no one will call me sir uh and we're going to be talking about women and porn as well and i had a lovely email from from a gentleman in calgary and i'm going to be talking i'm going to read his and also johnny wrote back to me again for the third time and so uh, Johnny wants some answers, and so hopefully I'll, I will definitely try and help Johnny with his issues about uh, no sex in his marriage. How weird is that? Like, I've never, we never heard of that we before. We never talk about that. No, we don't. Um, it's like, at the end of the week, sometimes I think, does anybody have sex in their marriage <laughs> anymore? Um, I do talk a lot about infidelity as well, but that has a bit of a negative connotation. So I thought we'll talk about fidelity or monogamy. What is that anyway? Uh, you know, is it being faithful to the person that you're with at that moment? Uh, but what if you're ju- not? What if you're just not the monogamous type? Some people may be better suited to non-monogamy. And how about consensual non-monogamy? That is an option and a mouthful, I will say. Um, You know, that may be an option for you in your life because love and sex are very separate at times. Not for all couples, just for the thousands that I see um, and that email me, whatever. You can email me too. You can go to my website, backtothebedroom.ca. Uh, and there's a contact form there. You can just go to nursetalk at hotmail.com. You can call me, 604-280-9898 or star 9898 on your cell if you have a question. Um, and also, we're going to be talking about giving advice. You can get advice from neighbors and friends. Speaking of neighbors, my neighbor this week called me and she said, can you come? I was as sick as a dog. Full on flannel, the knee socks, the be- the scarf, the bed scarf, Neo Citran in hand. So happy I was in bed. And she called me and said, the, the old, can you come over and look at my husband's leg? I'm like, oh, yeah, right. Anyway. <laughs> anyway, so I'm like, I'm really sick. She said, how long will it take you? I'm like, I'm like okay. I go over, I drive over. It's around the corner. I drive over. And I actually was shocked, I have to say, at my neighbor's leg. He had a massive, what appeared to be just an angry, massive, red, inflamed, you know, what appeared to be an infection. And so anyway, my recommendation was go to the emergency department (laughs) and let me go back to bed. (laughs) Like your nurse is sick. Uh, Anyway, so he did. And he ended up needing IV antibiotics. And they really don't know what it is. He might have to have a biopsy. So 
always good to get an opinion in the neighborhood, perhaps, as I'm more fortunate if it happens to be a medical professional. But what if you get your marital conflict advice or where do you get your marital conflict advice? Well, how about getting it from a divorce guy? I think they've got some pretty good experience in what they might do better. So I have a, a Huffington Post article that I that caught my eye that I'm going to be reviewing with you tonight as well. And uh, so what we, why don't we just go to stashing, um, Matt? It's the latest dating trend. I actually had a friend, another friend. Um, they're going to kill me, my friends. But anyway, um, <laughs> she, <laughs> she had no interest in the sex show, what I did, anything when she was married. She gets divorced. She's online dating. She's going out left, right, and center. And she's like, you should talk about this on your show. You should talk about that on your show. You should talk about this. And all of these things have happened to her. And now I'm explaining to her about narcissistic personality disorder because she's met one of them. And I'm like, well, you know, typically there's only like 1% of the population. So you're likely not going to meet another one like that. You know, she's been love bombed. She's been ghosted. She's been haunted. She has been stashed. She has been benched. Everything has happened to her. And now all of a sudden she's like, yeah, you should discuss this. I'm like, I actually do. I have been talking about that. But, you know, these dating trends come up because online dating is, you know, just it evolves. Oh, (laughs) I would have said it evolves. You say that it is uh, horrific. But a lot of people have a lot of people lie on online dating. They lie about their height. They lie about their weight. They lie about. I saw the cutest couple. I had a meeting out at. uh what is the name of that place? Uh, Blends, Blends in, in Steveston Village. And uh, having never been out, well, I think I've been out there once at night or something. But anyway, I'd never been out there before. And so meeting guys, like a brilliant guy anyway, and just like was a little bit above my head level, my blonde head intelligence. Um, so I'm like looking around, getting distracted. And I see this couple and they're obviously an online dating couple. <laughs> and uh, she was, did I tell you about this one before? No, 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 no. Okay, no. well, you know, they were kind of mismatched. He was, but it didn't matter. Uh, he was kind of on the short side and she was kind of on the gigantic side. Like, but they were so lovely. He was so nice to her. She was so nice to him. You know, they sat and chatted for a long time. And I wondered, you know, what did they actually, you know, did he say he was six feet tall? And, and, you know, did she, how did she describe herself? Um, anyhow, I had to recently describe myself as the blonde with bronchitis in the blue. <laughs> Anyway, um, and then the person, I actually purchased a ukulele. I feel like I'm all over the map tonight. Got a ukulele. I've spent spent so much time in bed this week. I am bringing my ukulele next week, and we're going to play, and we will do the intro to Sex and the City together. (laughs) Fortunately, mine was a gift. I've given it away already. (laughs) But so this person that I bought, I'm on Facebook. I never buy anything that, you know, could possibly not be wiped off and sterilized. Um, but so I see this ukulele brand new in the box, blah, blah, she's moving. So I meet her on Burrard and fourth. And so she says she's the, um, ginger walking down the street with a purple ukulele anyway. So, (laughs) so she, I had said to her, well, I can't wait. I have to go see a patient. So I'll come back and meet you an hour. So then she, when she came over to my car, she said, you know, I Googled you. And because I thought, who is this person that, you know, is going to see a patient or whatever, and uh, everybody's Googleable today. And so she said, oh, my God, the work that you do. Oh, my goodness. I, I'm right into it right now. I'm dealing with sh- shame and sex. And I'm just dealing with judgment of other people. And, and so we had a great conversation about that. And, um, you know, that is, it's so difficult when you have to deal with shame 
and sex in, in, in your relationship or in just the way you want to express your sexuality or in what you want to do. So anyway, um, it's a lot of fun. This work that I do is certainly a lot of fun. And I love it. But stashing is not fun. So what is stashing? Ghosting is when they disappear and haunting is when they come back and then they sort of jiggle their chains a little bit around your social media, that kind of thing. Um, Anyhow, so you're seeing somebody, you've met them and things are going great. They're starting to get serious. But then you start to realize something. You've been posting pictures together, bragging about her to your friends or him to your friends, and you may maybe even told uh, your family about this person in your life, but you notice that the person you've been dating never introduces you to family or friends or never posts anything about you online. And so that, my friends, is stashing. And so it's a dating practice that um, has come into vogue, shall we say, And it's the practice of keeping your relationship hidden from friends and family. And it might make you feel, you know, less than desirable um, because, but the reality is you're being played a bit. They could, they may not think of you as a long-term prospect. They may not think that you're good enough uh, or special enough to bring into the circle of friends. They might think your friends might judge you. Uh, There might be something they're not quite okay with about you. Uh, They might also be trying to protect you from their highly dysfunctional parents or family or crazy exes or whatever or children. Um, Anyway, so if that's the case, that's okay. But you've got to, again, communicate, talk about it. Talking about sex is important. And I'm going to review why that is after the break. I am Maureen McGrath. You're listening to the Sunday Night Sex Show on News Talk 980 CKNW. Hi, it's Maureen McGrath of the Sunday Night Sex Show on News Talk 980 CKNW. Hopefully you're enjoying your evening this evening, wanting to talk a little bit about sex with you, (laughs) amongst other subjects. I'm going to be reading some of your emails as well. Um, This is like, I'm not quite sure this is the newsflash that people had expected it to be. Women in long-term relationships, more likely than men to lose interest in sex. Nobody knew that. (laughs) Anyway, but this is a new study that was published in the journal BMJ Open. They surveyed 4,839 British men and 6,669 women between the ages of 16 and 74 and found that overall 15% of men and 34.2% of women reported lacking interest in sex for three months or more in the previous year. And the reasons for the lack of sex, uh, lack of interest in sex varied. Uh, stating some stating age, health, and depression affected their desire. I do want to say that 15% of men losing interest in sex is notable because many people expect that low sexual desire only affects women, but it affects men as well. And when a man is in a heterosexual relationship with a woman and he has low sexual desire, it actually can be more devastating on the woman who is not desired by her male partner. So that is quite notable. Both sexes lose some sexual desire with age, and women are more likely to lose interest in sex when living with a partner or while in a relationship that lasts over a year, according to the study. So you heard Liz call in earlier, and she was in a two-year relationship, and she was starting to lose 
um, interest in sex, although she liked the guy and she loved it, but he just wanted to have sex like every single day, every hour of every day. But, you know, is that different from any other guy that walks on this planet? Well, 85% of the men that walk on this planet because 15% lose sexual desire. So um, you, communication is key to keeping that spark alive. It's men who men and women who found it easy to talk about sex were less likely to report lack of sexual interest or lack of sexual desire. I will say this when men come into my clinical practice and they um, talk about the issues that they're having, it takes them so long to even start to talk about it. They're so uncomfortable talking about sex. Um, other women who were pregnant uh, in the in the previous year had more than one young child reported lower interesting sex as well. Of course, not rocket science. Again, it's fatigue. So getting some help, having date nights, uh, helping around the house, not making it like you're contributing, making the housework guys as a part of your day as well. Um, this study <coughs> underscores driving factors behind sexual interest in both men and women. And when we're looking at issues around sexual desire, you need to look at the quality and the length of the relationship and the communication style and the communication they have with their partners is so important in this experience of sexual interest. And so we need to assess and, if necessary, treat sexual interest problems in a holistic a relationship and as well as in a gender specific way. So that's, um, that's very important to, to note, but it's not uncommon that, um, women have lower sexual desire. And in part it has to do with, you know, menopause is another contributing factor. Vaginal pain, vaginal dryness can lead to sexual pain. There are personal moisturizers that are available for women. There's also the Mona Lisa Touch. It's a new innovative laser therapy that is effective. It's painless. It takes five minutes and it's restoring women to their teenage years. No, um, but premenopausal um, va- vaginal health because a lot of women's vaginas dries up, dry up because of low estrogen receptors, because of a decrease in estrogen receptors at the menopause. And this can start to happen. Women can get vaginal dryness at age 31 after they've had a baby, uh, pregnancy, postpartum, during the perimenopause and menopause. I'm having a hot flash in the city events again this year, October 19th at Centennial Theater in North Van. So I hope you'll come out for that. And we're also going to be in Port Moody and in Surrey. So lots of education for women. Um, so it, which is which is vital. We need to talk about sex in order to have sex. Think about that. <laughs> we need to have sex in order to talk about sex. So it's important. Anyway, I got this really lovely email from somebody because depression is something that also contributes to low sexual desire. And so I wanted to read as much as I possibly can. Last week, I suggested to you that you watch Andrew Solomon's TED Talk on depression called Depression, The Secret We Share. And it's a brilliant TED Talk. And I, I noted... Um, that you know, many I had many emails about depression and many people who had watched it and were equally impressed as I was. Um, but this one just just struck me, um, be, and it's because it's Calgary and something you know. A lot of guys have lost their jobs in Calgary over since 2015 or in 2015, and so a year goes by and then two years goes by and you know another year goes by and and you know they're dependent upon an industry that may or may not come back. And you know it's it may seem hopeless to a lot of 
of men and their families as well. It's stressful on wives. It's stressful on the kids. Um, so I got this heartfelt email that um, he, he said, uh, Dear Maureen, thank you from the bottom of my heart for the work that you do. It may be called the Sunday Night Sex Show, but you provide so much insight and resources for the whole person that you have become a trusted, wise, and encouraging friend that visits every Sunday evening. With friends like mine, I need new friends, so thank you. <laughs> I appreciate that. Um, this gentleman listens from Calgary, and he spoke about how he was laid off from the oil industry in um, 2015. And during that time, he was diagnosed with anxiety and depression. He had sought help, and he's getting help. But he believed that thousands of men in Calgary and really everywhere are going through similar issues because the um, because of the response from the wife or, or their wives saying that because you're not earning money, you're not a real man, and this can only make the situation worse. You know, you have to support one another in a marriage or any relationship. You're going to have good times and bad. That's why you have to live responsibly during the good times because the bad times may come for you. And, um, and so it's also important to keep the lines of communication open um, and live your best life. You know, life is really short, and it's important to enjoy life. And and this gentleman also went on to talk about his entitled and selfish kids. And I did go back to him, and I said, you know, I'm sure when times were good, I've done some work in Calgary, and I remember the women pulling up in their Suburbans and, you know, paying cash, two and $3,000 for private health care. And, um, and, you know, at that time, maybe he contributed to um, the raising entitled children. So it's important as to how we, and we demonstrate how we go through the hard times and, and also, um, you know, you don't want to give your kids too much. So thank you so much for that email. And it was also notable that um, on that same day or the very next day, after battling his longest, toughest bout with depression, a Calgary city councilor chose to reveal his struggle publicly in the hope of chipping away at the stigma surrounding mental illness. And that was Ward 11 Councilor Brian Pincott said in a series of tweets on Sunday that he had recently emerged from a four and a half year depression that had many days where suicide was close. We need to talk about these subjects. There's a lot of shame around them, lots of stigma. We cannot have that anymore in order to live the best life we possibly can. We have to help each other and share that. And I did actually put a call into Brian Pincott's office to, you know, let him know, like the guys in his area, in his ward, might be suffering. And so, you know, there are things that we can do. There's a National Depression Day. But, you know, we have to do that every single day of the year. I am Maureen McGrath. You're listening to the Sunday Night Sex Show on News Talk 980 CKNW. Welcome back to the Sunday Night Sex Show on News Talk 980 CKNW. Maureen McGrath hosting this program for you. We are in the final strokes of the program. Hopefully you're getting stroked tonight. <laughs> anyway, um, you know, Matt, I was a little nervous about coming on the air tonight because of my voice is so bad. And Matt said, oh, but it's way sexier. So I'm going with that, Matt. Yeah, <laughs> it's just like Friends. Remember Phoebe Buffay when she gets sick and she's that oh, sexy. Right. <sighs> exactly. Yes. You know, I just want to get back to the bedroom myself. <laughs> and I will. Believe you me. Um <laughs> So remember Johnny, for those of you who are just joining the program now, you may not have heard of Johnny, but Johnny has been emailing me every week for the last three, this is the third one. And so Johnny has an issue, he's in a sexless marriage, surprise, surprise, and and he doesn't know how to have the conversation. Well, he had a conversation with his wife about 
um, if you know you're not going to have sex with me, then what if I went? What if I went and looked outside the relationship? To which she said, "No, I don't want you to do that." And he didn't think that was fair. And quite frankly, I don't think that's fair either, um, because I don't think it's fair to impose fidelity on a person who is deprived of sex from their spouse. Because I actually think it's as important as this sex doctor thinks it's just as important as eating, you know, five to six vegetables a day and five to six fruits a day and. Uh, getting enough sleep and getting enough exercise and all of that. But, you know, doctors typically, and I'm not a doctor, I'm a nurse. I'm just kidding. I just play one on the radio, okay? Uh, <laughs> I'm like a soap opera star. <laughs> no, I'm a nurse, but in the field of sexual health. But I work with a lot of doctors. And, you know, one time a doctor did write, have sex. I'm like, you're kidding. Dr. So-and-so wrote, have sex on a prescription pad? That's amazing. Um, and so it's an important aspect. So Johnny was upset at how I responded to him because I said the way he said it to her was, he said, I wasn't um, going to, I'm not going to cheat on her. But he mentioned to her, well, what if you don't have sex with me, you know, I'm being, you know, he, he was much nicer about it. But, you know, he said he wanted sex. He loves his wife. He's attracted to her. He finds her beautiful. And so, but he said he needs sex and he's right. Um, but how should he have that conversation? Because I apparently accused him of having a forked tongue because he said, I wasn't saying I was going to cheat. And I said, well, if you weren't saying it, you were kind of threatening it. So anyway, it's semantics and it's difficult. It's email and, you know, the radio and I have a cold and everything. Um, I have a man cold, I'll tell you. <laughs> I have a monster cold. Um, but anyway, I know how you guys feel now. Um, so basically... You know, he's, he asked me on the, third, on the third email, well, how does he, you know, basically she said, no, I'm not going to have sex with you, but you can't have sex with anyone else. And so he asked me, how can that discussion be truly adult, open and honest if I have to exclude the possible solution of getting fulfillment outside of the relationship? And if you say it's okay to include that topic, how do I word it so you won't accuse me of asking permission or speaking with forked tongue? So, well... The bottom line is I think it's adult to have a conversation about the risks of a sexless marriage. And you might start with the importance of having sex. And so in the research project called the Massachusetts Male Aging Study, there was nearly a 50% increased risk of developing heart disease in men who had sex once a month or less compared with the group that had two or more weekly sessions. So that's about how much sex you should be having, two or three times a week. That's about 100 times a year. There's an, another study that I, uh, I'll get you the name of it, but there were, it was about 900 to 1,000 men. It was in a Welsh study. were followed for 10 years. The risk of dying was reduced 50% in those with high orgasm frequency versus low. And, it, you know, you get more medical benefit when you have orgasm, when you experience orgasm with another person versus by yourself. If a participant in that study had eight sexual episodes monthly, the death rate was reduced by 36%. But the more sex participants had, the more the death rate dropped. So we call this a dose-response curve, and very few more traditional medical therapies have the same benefit. This is one of many reasons why sex is important. Of course, bonding with a person, being close, being vulnerable, being intimate is so vital. It's associated with better cognitive function in older adults. That's why there's a bit of a push to, you know, allow to... I, I've educated a number of people in um, sen in seniors' residences, a number of uh, healthcare providers who couldn't even ask me questions. They were so shy about it. Um, but I've educated them about the importance of people living in uh, in those 
um, homes and uh, uh, assisted living and um, other types of senior housing, that it's important that they continue with a sexual life if they so desire. Sex helps with memory, executive function, verbal fluency. All of these uh, were demonstrated to be um, improved when uh, there was more frequent sex for men and for women. So this is a health issue for both of you. So you may approach it from a perspective of health. Um, you know, these are risks. I, when I talk to patients in my clinical practice, a sexless marriage is has risks associated with it. Um, and, it's, and it's not about a fault. It, and, and the other thing is, in all fairness to you, Johnny, I don't know you. I have never met you. I have never met your wife. I, don't, I haven't had the opportunity to talk to her or to you and to actually find out the real story of what's going on. And sometimes women and men don't speak to their partners. Sometimes couples, whether they are in same-sex relationships or in heterosexual unions, they don't actually talk to one another. They're embarrassed. They're shy. They might have vaginal dryness. There's so many reasons. Um, So it's really important to actually go and seek the advice of a therapist, of a sex therapist, talk to your doctor, a nurse practitioner, somebody experienced in this field. Um, So that would be important as well. You can't just... Um, say you're dealing with it, you know, sex is about power and the, there's an imbalance of power. You're the, in fact, you have more power in terms of, you know, how are you going to deal with it? And she has more power in the withholding of sex. And apparently I said, there are ways to deal with sexist relationships, but he hasn't heard anything from me. So th- those are a couple of um, pieces of advice for you. Um, I just wanted to, um, read what he said. You said there are ways to deal with sexist relationships, but I haven't heard anything from you that would be remotely applicable to my wife and myself. We are way, way past back to the bedroom type solutions, which by the way, I would love to try. She has told me she doesn't have a sex drive anymore, but you know what? You got to think about sex. You got to be mindful about sex. You have to feel sexual. Your body image is important. Feeling good all under. I can't remember the name. I think it's called herloving.com. Great, beautiful lingerie. That's what it looks like online, but I'm going to order some <laughs> and I'm going to let you know. But it's beautiful. Uh, it's feminine. It's attractive. It's sexy. So you got to feel sexy all under. Um, you, Johnny also says his wife's vagina does not like being penetrated by anything ever. She has no interest in talking about sex and teasing or sexual play or doing anything that would please me sexually. However, she does want all the trappings of being a wife, the status, the companionship, the support. But that's as far as it goes. Much as I would love... It to happen, I see no prospect that the intimate side of a relationship will ever improve. And so you know what you have to try, and maybe you have to try with the help of a therapist. Um, but Johnny sees his options as continue as he is, uh, feeling a great sexual void inside of him and having the occasional orgasm entirely on his own, announced to his wife that from now on he will be getting sex from some other women, um, whether she likes the idea or not, leave his wife and end a relationship or cheat on her. So you know what, you don't have to go so drastic with that, but... These are the risks. That's all. There are a number of solutions. As I said, um, speaking to both of you, it would be helpful to hear from from your wife what, what is going on with her. Um, and some people just, you know, sex just falls off the table for them. They just get out of the habit. They just get comfortable. As you heard Liz uh, earlier in the show, she just wants to get into bed. She's tired. She just feels like getting into bed. But you know what? There's a Take a page out of Nike's book. Just do it. That's responsive desire. If you do it, you're enjoying it. Um, and you feel good about it, you get aroused. We call that responsive desire, and that is healthy as well. So it's really easy to get out of the habit of having sex, really hard to get back into it, especially in a long-term relationship. 
Um, so what I would suggest is that, you know what, uh, must we path- pathologize cheating? Why is it pathology? Love and sex are very different. And cheating or infidelity is so common. And does an affair or a liaison always need to spell, spell the end of a relationship? I think not. You know, inf- infidelity is so common because it's exciting. Monogamy can be boring. Infidelity is sneaky. So you get, you know, the heart's racing, you're hiding. Uh, it's fun. Um, I'm not propose. I'm not a proponent of it. I'm just saying why people do it. Monogamy has taken the guesswork out of sex and out of exciting intimacy. So maybe take some of that and put some of that gusto, that excitement, that romance into your own relationship. Stop making it about sex. Shift the power. Your wife has a lot of the power now, but you're getting some of it. But it's got to be a better balance of power. There could be a medical problem. That's why an assessment by a physician is very important. It could be anything from depression to vaginal dryness. uh, I cannot overstate the importance of sex in a marriage, and obviously. And and so, yes, uh, you know, infidelity is is as common as ice cream on a hot day. But is it the, does it mean the end? Is it something that you can be a consensual, non-monogamous relationship? This is the adult conversation that you need to have. I cannot decide for you. And this is, there are other options that you can try. This is why this is such a dangerous issue. Uh, because you can try a hookup, you can try chat rooms, you can pay for sex, you can actually create a new love story with somebody else outside of the relationship, you can go for a happy ending, they're all over the place. Uh, But an affair does not necessarily mean the end of a relationship. You have choices, but it's got to start with communication. I am Maureen McGrath, you're listening to the Sunday Night Sex Show on News Talk 980 CKNW. Welcome back to the Sunday Night Sex Show on News Talk 980 CKNW. I think we've covered all of uh, most of the subjects I promised uh, for tonight, Matt. I don't know if anything's missing just yet, but uh, so perhaps because I, I don't like to overpromise and under underdeliver. Who likes to do that? We like to underpromise and overdeliver. Give more. Um, you know, marriage is a lot of work and you may have problems in your marriage. You may go to your friends, your neighbors. I wouldn't go to my neighbors, but you can go to yours. Uh, mine are all dysfunctional, <laughs> as is my family. So, you know, I'm, I'm hooped. But uh, you might get your advice from a sex therapist or a marriage therapist, your doctor. But uh, what about uh, getting it from a divorced guy? Well, a few years ago, uh, a, new, a newly divorced motivational speaker, Gerald Rogers, took to Facebook to provide some advice because he felt he could have done some things differently to save his marriage. Of course, hindsight is twenty twenty, but this post received hundreds of thousands of uh, shares and views. Uh, so one of the things he said, he was married about 16 years, and he said, but this doesn't apply just to men. I want to say this. This applies to men and women. So I'm going to take the pronouns. We're going to disregard the pronouns here. Don't let them fool you. So whether you are married to a man or woman, whether you are a man or woman, it doesn't matter. To the person with whom you are in the relationship, never stop courting, never stop dating, never stop taking that person for granted. When you decided to get married, become a union, be, stay together, you promised that you would own each other's heart. So stick with that. Protect your 
own heart. So just as you committed to being the protector of each other's hearts, you must guard your own with the same vigilance. So love yourself fully. That is so important. Self-confidence is sexy. I threw that in. Love the world openly, but there is uh, a special place in your heart where no one else must enter but that person you have committed to fall in love over and over and over again you will constantly change both of you will change and understand that and know that you are not the same people you you were when you got married i have so many people that come into my clinical practice and they say you know we got married in our 20s they're now in their 40s and things have changed a lot and you have to make a conscious decision to rechoose that person even though they might drive you crazy so you have to actually um, appreciate that which uh, you initially got together with that person. So appreciate those, the little things, right? And um, because it's so easy to, to name all those things that bug us um, about the other person. So always be always be the best and always see the best in the person with whom you are in a union with. So focus on what you love, what you focus on will expand. If you focus on what bugs you, all you will see is the reasons to be bugged. If you focus on what you love, you can't help but be consumed by love. It's not your job to change him or her. A lot of women go into a relationship and they think he didn't want kids, but I'm just going to change him. I'm going to change his mind and make him have kids. You can't change anybody else. You can only change yourself and then they change. That's my advice. (laughs) Um, But I'm not the divorce guy. Uh, so, but this divorce guy says it's not your job to change or fix anybody. Your job is to love the person that you're with and, um, she is, she or he is changing all the time and love what that person becomes, whether it's what you wanted or not and take full accountability responsibility. So there's no room for narcissists, entitled, spoiled brats. Um, you know, for your own emotions, for your own issues, for your own troubles in life. Nobody else can make you sad. Somebody was telling me recently in my clinical practice, he said, she elevates my blood pressure. I said, she can't do that. You're, it, you are responsible. You need to regulate your own emotions. So, so make sure you are regulating your emotions in your relationship. It's very easy for things to spiral out of control depending on your personality. I know, what we, uh, anyway, I know what we forgot, consensual non-monogamy. We'll cover that next week. Um, you know, you are responsible for your behavior, for your actions, for your emotions. So keep them in check and never blame the other person if you get frustrated or angry at them. It is only because it is triggering something inside of you. They are your emotions and your responsibility. They are yours and yours alone. When you feel those feelings, take time to get present and to look within. You know what I say to a lot of people? Hit the pause button. There is a pause button and just hit it. When you feel yourself, you know, escalating or the fight is escalating, you know what? Just say pause and even walk out. Not threatening walk, I'm leaving you kind of thing. I just need to leave the situation and when things calm down, I'll be happy to talk to you about this. Allow your person to just be when they're upset or they're sad. It's not your job to fix it. It's your job to support that person and make sure that you uh, convey to them that you will get through this. This too shall pass. Have fun. Be silly. Fill each other's souls every day. Be present. Be willing to take each other sexually. To carry away the other person in the power of your feminine or masculine presence. To consume them and devour them with your strength. And to hold them to the deepest levels of their soul. So you want to really penetrate their soul. Anyway, don't be an idiot. Everybody makes mistakes. We all become idiots. Give each other space to grow and to 
to be and to be vulnerable. And vulnerability is key. Be fully transparent. There's no room for secrets or lies in any healthy relationship and never stop growing together. Don't worry about money. You can't take money with you. I'm telling you, money is not important. Look, listen to me. Live in overdraft. False economy, love it. No, I, I, you, you got to try, and it's really tough in this in this city, especially. Or if you've in Calgary and you've lost your job, anyway, you got to forgive and you've got to choose love. And these are some of the things that uh, you have to do. Anyway, hope you'll join me again last week. Just know that you can listen to past episodes of the Sunday Night Sex Show on iTunes, um, and so head on over there. You can leave a comment. Uh, as well, if you like. Uh, I'm, as I mentioned, I'm having the hot flash in the city. That's going to happen on October 19th. I'll let you know soon when the tickets will be available. Um, but anyway, you can listen to past episodes on iTunes. Go there, sign up, leave a review. Feel free to reach out to me. You can go to my website, Back to the Bedroom. I love hearing from you. You can contact me through that website. You can find me on Facebook, Maureen McGrath. I'm also on Twitter as Back to, as Back, the number two, The Bedroom. Um, and, uh, you can also go to radio story. You can download the free podcast on iTunes as well. And, um, so you know what, uh, I'll just, uh, have a little inspiration for you tonight. Promise me you'll never forget me because if I thought you would, I'd never leave AA Milne. I am Maureen McGrath. Talk to you next week. You've been listening to the Sunday night sex show on News Talk 980 CKNW. Vancouver's news, Vancouver's talk. This is News Talk 980 CKNW.